0: THE LIBRARY, BY FRANCIS ROSENFELD EIGHTH STORY That's pretty, she thought when she picked up the little transparent pebble. Its deep red gleam looked spirited in the bright light of the sun. It felt warm to the touch, and despite its heaviness, reminded her of amber. She sat down on one of the flat rocks at the end of the white pebble path to study it at length, turning it on all sides trying to figure out what it was and how it got there. It wasn't larger than an acorn, and if she didn't know any better, she'd have thought it was beach glass. Or a gemstone, maybe. Was this place an abandoned gemstone mine at some point? And if so, was that a ruby? She quickly abandoned the idea, because the tactile experience of the material was all wrong for it. The little gem tickled her palm, and she giggled. Fascinated by this strange interaction with a mineral, which felt intentional, somehow, like a conversation between equals. Their little silent talk made Gwen smile, and as she sat there, communing with the rock, she didn't even notice Number Three standing there and watching her with a look in his eye that wavered between oh and dread. Gwen, he asked her, softly, as not to startle her into dropping the eerie matter. Yes, she answered in a daze, still hypnotized by the little red pebble in her palm. Where did you find that? Gwen didn't answer, just pointed with her other hand, without taking her eyes off the gleaming red stone. Do you know what that is? I was just trying to figure that out. Is it a gemstone? You think, it feels more like a resin than a crystal, but it's so heavy, is that? Number 5 joined the conversation. Trying to look indifferent, his eyes glued to the tiny rock. I think so, number three confirmed. We shouldn't let her handle it, she might get hurt. I doubt it, number five replied. The stone found her. There must be a reason for it. What is it? Gwen finally peeled her gaze off the stone to look at them, and her blissful expression confirmed, without doubt. They were in the presence of the most precious esoteric mystery. What you are holding in your palm, Gwen, is the path to immortality, number five replied, which you're probably in possession of by now, after how long you held that stone. Skin absorption was never proven, number three objected. The entire group was there now looking at Gwen with transfigured expressions in utter fascination with the little found object. Of course it works, number five said, in a daze. What on earth are you talking about? Gwen smiled, insecure. You found it, number seven replied. The philosopher's stone, that's why we're all here. Frankly, after so many years, I resigned myself to admit it was all a lie. Get out of here. Gwen laughed out loud, convinced they were pulling a prank on her. Nobody else was laughing. You don't really believe that, do you? I told you it wasn't safe for her to touch it. She is not spiritually prepared. She's not spiritually anything. Come to think of it. Number five objected. Is it radioactive or something? Am I going to die? Gwen made a panicked gesture that looked like she was going to drop the precious artifact. Don't drop it. Number six raised his voice, preempting the fumble. No, you're not going to die, ever. He pointed to the pebble in her palm. Some of the brightest humans ever born spent all their lives trying to produce the object you're now holding in your hand. If that's not fate, I don't know what is. What is it? Gwen asked. Mercury sulfide. Number eight mumbled, mockingly. Congratulations, team. You found Cinnabar. That's special. That's not Cinnabar, and you know it. Number six threw him a sharp glance. You didn't come all the way here to find Cinnabar. Gwen looked at them, dumbstruck, so number four encouraged her to sit and listen to the story. His voice sounded calm and reassuring, so she obeyed. We traced the stone's whereabouts from Paris in the 15th century, the colonies in the 17th century, but it went missing after that, and we assumed someone hid it and died before revealing its location, until an obscure reference in a periodical from the time spoke of a strange substance which seemed to cure all disease. That period was rife with snake oil salesmen and euthylixers and mesmers, so we didn't think of putting any stock in that piece of information until we found corroboration from a variety of historical and anthropological sources confirming its presence in this area. It's a very important artifact that, a priceless piece of history, Number 7 dedicated most of his career to archaeological digs in this area, hoping to find it. What does it do? Stop feeding her stories, will you? Number seven snapped. It doesn't do anything. It's a rock. Why on earth would it do anything? It is important purely from an anthropological standpoint. Surely you must have heard about turning lead into gold. Number four added, smiling. We all spent decades going through the great works and historical references of the Middle Ages trying to vet the people who allege to have produced the stone. There are many claims of credit, but only one credible reference, After all this time, number six uttered, choked by emotion. For all the good that does us, number one cooled his enthusiasm. That would matter if we ever found our way out of here, which, speaking rationally, is highly unlikely. Look at it this way, number three said, after we all touch that pebble we are going to have all the time in the world. You don't really believe that, do you? Number one questioned him, half-joking. I don't know, do you? Number three retorted. It's a clod of furnace slag. Sure, number six replied, and you're a culture of specialized living cells. Meanwhile, Gwen was far removed from the conversation, in a world of her own, where the little misshapen piece of red glass spoke to her in a language without words. Gwen, number one shook her out of her reverie. Gwen, what, are you still with us? Um, she nodded. Are you feeling all right? Um, she nodded. Gwen, he raised his voice. What, give me that. He stretched out his hand in an authoritative gesture. A little red stone landed in his palm heavier than lead. This just has to be toxic, don't you think? Number one asked number four frowning Not to the touch except for prolonged exposure number 4 replied The stone changed hands passing from one number to the other each studying it briefly until it returned full circle to rest in Gwen's palm What do you think we should do with it number 4 asked staring at the rock critically Too bad it makes gold and not maps right Number 6 joked, talk about a Midas curse. You think we should try to see if it works. Number 5 inquired. Everybody looked at him as if he lost his mind. What? The latter defended himself. Where is your scientific curiosity? You have a hypothesis. You test it. On what? Cutlery. I always wanted a silver spoon. Number 7 said, with an ironic smile. That's too bad. The stone already matured past that stage, Number Four replied. Matter of fact, it can only make gold now. In all the excitement, everyone forgot about Gwen, who continued gazing lovingly at the stone like it was the most precious substance in the universe. Her daydream took her to another side of reality, differently structured, a place whose organizing principles were matter, energy, and thought. The very essences of existence she now held in her hand, condensed into a tiny piece of reddish glass, and as she gazed into its spirited sparkle, she went even deeper into the soul of reality, to a place where there was no matter, thought or spirit, just one substance that comprised everything, and this revelation put shivers through her body like a fever and ran her blood hot and cold. Behind the appearance of that protomatter was an inexpressible essence, an intelligence of sorts, which compelled her to understand the truth of the famous transmutation of lead into gold. There was no lead. There was no gold. There was no Gwen. There were no elements, just one principle reflected in all the aspects of reality, multifaceted like the eyes of a bee. It was a fool's errand to transmute a substance into another like turning water into ice in order to improve its essence. Whatever that was, that she held in her hand, was not a clump of slag, it was an idea, snatched from its pure realm and condensed into matter, and the fact a human being had accomplished that feat, even if she had no proof that it really happened, was more precious than any substance on earth. We'll have to have it tested, of course, Number four took the stone from Gwen's hand to look at it up close, to establish its age and confirm its origin. He inspected it, trying not to get his hopes up. It seems a little too good to be true. Don't you agree? What else could it be? Number one joined into the examination of the object. Maybe she brought it with her. Number seven offered some piece of costume jewelry she forgot about that fell out of her pocket. The group stared at him, doubtful. What? Isn't this more likely than the fact we ran into the most mysterious artifact on the planet that we've all been chasing for decades and finally tracked here? Too cute by a mile. Number seven dug in his heels, refusing to agree. It's a pointless conversation anyway. Number one concluded, without lab equipment and research material, we're just spinning our wheels. You don't even know it's Cinnabar. It could be a fragment of a plastic bottle that fell out of a plane for all we know. We could grind a piece, see if it dissolves in water, number five suggested. Sure, if you can look past all those pesky neurotoxic effects. Kind of a horrible way to die. It's too heavy to be plastic, maybe a piece of meteorite. Gwen was still in a daze, listening to them debate the possible provenance of the object surprised to hear herself say but what if it works you're too old for fairy tales gwen number one chasing her upset about this puzzle he could not solve the world is full of things we don't understand it's just we rarely find them important enough to care and those we think we understand are always one scientific breakthrough removed from the dustbin of pseudoscience look at her Eyes glazed over because of that shiny piece of glass, like she discovered the meaning of life or something, number seven commented. Must be nice to be so easily amused. It is an extraordinary discovery, if it proves to be authentic, number four commented. We have very good reasons to believe that it is. To think I spent my entire life digging holes to find that, number seven tried to dissimulate his excitement kind of anticlimactic, that dusty pebble. Gwen looked at them, contemplating the thought that if the legend was true, and this was the actual artifact, she was now in the company of the only people on earth who, just like her, were going to live forever. Stop the nonsense, Gwen, number one frowned. I found it insulting to intelligent beings everywhere, and never grow old, or sick, Or lack for anything, all harmoniously blending into reality of the same essence, welcoming, nurturing, and responsive. It's getting late, number four prompted. Can you please go gather the eggs? Gwen panicked, wondering if she was going to turn the eggs to gold, or the chickens, or anything else. That's not how it works, Gwen, number four indulged her, highly entertained by such delicious naivete. I assure you the eggs will be safe. Maybe if she studied it enough, the stone could teach her how to see past the illusion of reality and into its truth. Gwen, number four interrupted her dream state. We're famished. She gathered the eggs, wondering how did it come to be that humans evolved to eat eggs and not rocks. There was nothing wrong with eating rocks. After all, plants did it all the time. Why not people? Okay. Number one decided. If you're saying this thing is not toxic, we should put it in the cupboard next to the bread. That's the only storage unit we have. Really? I don't know. Number six objected. Why facilitate exposure? It may be a stable configuration, but it's still mercury. Do you want to risk that? Where, then, they debated the subject, while Gwen stared at the basket of eggs like she'd seen such things for the first time in her life. But what if it works? She asked again, stirring a sea of protests.